Welcome to the Monday edition of the Grateful No Matter What podcast. I'm Kyle the Grateful. I'm excited about today's episode because I had the opportunity to sit down and talk to Stephanie Morgan, who I had the pleasure of meeting during my clinical nutrition graduate school. So obviously we talked about nutrition, but we also discussed her journey into health and wellness, being more intentional in life, and also tackling the stuff that gets in the way of accomplishing goals and helping people change behavior for the better. Enjoy. I'm good. I'm good. Can't complain. Good. It's a it's a rainy day here in uh, upstate New York. I know. I know here too. It's yeah. pretty gloomy. Yeah. But is. um, feels like a rest day. You know. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Like my Sundays have become for me at least more of a a, a yin yoga day. So it's like um very relaxed, very slow movement. Um, mm-hmm. I was very resistant to it at first because I'm much more of a ashtanga like physically demanding, like six days, seven days a week, doing something that's like demanding. And and I had to incorporate it because it's something that I was resisting, you know? Yeah. So I had to, uh, yeah. yeah. You're and a mover I, and a shaker. Yeah, I, I am. And I'm a, I'm a constantly on the go type of person. So it's the things that you, uh, you don't want to do. Usually are the things that you need to do or that you resist. So right. It's so right. I mean, you see that a lot in exercise too, though you know, people have a certain tendency, you know, maybe they want to do really hard hitting exercise, but you're like, wait a minute, take a rest day, maybe incorporate some yoga, slow down. And like, well, that's not going to benefit me. I want to keep going, 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 but it's usually what they really need because their muscles are sore and whatever else. So yeah, you're so right. That's how you grow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that you had to be doing something every single day. And like you just said, people think if they take a a rest day, they're going to fall behind or they're going to miss out, but it's actually yeah. probably more beneficial to rest or to do yoga, lengthen your muscles or do something that's like counter intuitive to what you've been doing to, to supplement your workout and your body. But, you know, we, people have like these yeah. things ingrained in their minds and, and they, uh, they choose to believe that because, you know, maybe that's what they've been told or that's how they think they should be doing it. But yeah. It's hard to change your habit. You know, it's oh. hard to do something different, you know, it is you're comfortable and it's, it's just kind of, you know, you're used to it and yeah, exactly. so to go against that takes a lot of energy. It does. You know? So for like the listeners out there, we, we met, I mean, not met, met with quotations around it. Right. Because yeah. Yeah. We never really met, but in a clinical nutrition school, I mean, that was back in started in 2018 right yeah 2018 mm-hmm. right it's just it's I can't my years my time is like very much no it's hard to like think of when <laughs> things were because like I feel like 2020 wasn't a wash but it was def- definitely like a blur in some respects as far as like having like it, reference points you know it has been I know it's a blur and like just trying to you're in a bubble for a year and trying to figure out where we are now <laughs> yeah exactly so so, so yeah. we met, so we met there um and I feel like there's a few people that I that I connected with, you know, Steven is one of them. And then you as well, yeah. as far as just like, I guess, getting to know you and a few other people like off of the message boards or off of like the discussion posts. Um, right. And then we started following each other like on social media. And I saw that you, you know, do TRX and training and, and hit stuff and, and, and obviously, you know, in the gym a lot. So 
Yeah. That's one of the first things I wanted to ask. And it, it could be, it's not cliche, but you know, how did, how did, and it could be a big long answer. It could be a short answer, but how did you get into, I guess you could say health and wellness or fitness. I mean, has it always been a part of your, of your life? Yeah. yeah. Um, not cliche at all. I think I know, I know we all have a story. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of what we're after, you know, what motivated you and everybody has that answer. Mm -hmm. And, and it's usually very often personal, very mm -hmm. personal yeah. why someone's, you know, getting into a, a passion, mm -hmm. not just something they had to do. Um, so it, it was a lifelong journey that I only am, am really unfolding now. Yeah. You know, I'm really taking the time in my thirties to, go back and, and trace my steps and follow what I didn't even know was happening when I was mm -hmm. young. So, um, essentially I would say that I got into health and wellness. It was more inspired by my time at college. Okay. So I went to Ithaca college and it's a gorgeous town. Um, and it's very diverse and I had never been exposed to that before. Um, you know, I kind of just was raised around people that were all very kind of similar, mm -hmm. you know, and um, always eating the same things. And, you know, you just kind of talk about exercise. And But I was always very physical. I always was involved in sports. Yeah. You know, I was a gymnast, you know, for most of my life. That was my passion. I loved it. So I thought, oh, I'm healthy. Yeah. I'm healthy. I, I'm I'm a gymnast. I'm full of muscles and I'm always moving and um, I'm eating whatever I want. <laughs> when I feel good, I'm energetic, I'm fine. Um, but then this whole world, I saw people, you know, farmers, I was closer to farmers. I was close to Cornell, to Cornell Cooperative, mm -hmm. to people who were really um, kind of grassroots. And um, I was exposed to all these ideas. I saw people like protesting our plastic silverware and like, why isn't this, you know, biodegradable and compostable? I'm like, what are you doing? You know, what is this? And, um, and, and that was so interesting to me. I just soaked it right in, but I actually got really sick at college. So I was there, I was having a great time, but I was eating off the meal plan, going into yeah. the dining halls over the years, stressed, right. Yeah. You know, you're, you're kind of, partying and you're kind of running yourself ragged and then you're getting really stressed and um, just a different environment. And I think it took a toll on me. Um, so it started there. I started with terrible stomach aches and, and, and so many other things, which led into a horrific infection that became a kidney infection, mm -hmm. went to the hospital for it. And I came out of it and they said, your blood work showed that you're anemic as well. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> Right. And I'm like, oh gosh, okay. Um, so I had to heal from this huge courses of antibiotics and deal with anemia. I was white as a ghost when I came out of this. And I said, mom, I got to go back to college. I'm, I'm going to miss the, the end of this. I got to go take my tests and stuff. And, um, you know, so I was struggling through this and, and my landlord at the time, he came up and said, listen, I have this book for you. Maybe you just want to look at it. And it was a plant-based book about herbs and supplements and how they could help me. And I was like, okay, thanks. Sure. I'll look at it. And I started reading, you know, eat parsley because, you know, it'll, it'll help your um, urinary tract mm -hmm. heal and, and flush things out and, you know, eat these foods so you can build up, you know, certain nutrients and get your iron back from all different sources and stuff. And I really kind of took it in. 
And um, then after that, I started to continue to dive into different nutritional paths, like, you know, what's vegan, what's vegetarian, uh, what are these other foods people are eating? And um, I got back in the gym as soon as I could. And I started to immediately feel my, my whole self be better when I was moving and eating better. And so that's where it really started. Mm. And then um, it's it just kind of continued from there. Um, later after college, I really was interested in body work because I loved getting massage. So I realized that the physical part of the body was super important. So taking care of, you know, your, your physical muscle aches and, and looking at your body alignment. Because mm-hmm. um, when you move a lot, you're sore. Yeah. And you also create repetitious patterns for your muscles. So I said, well, I want to actually work on the body. I want to help people physically fix this. Yeah. Um, so I did that. And I absolutely love body work. I think it's just wonderful. And it's, it's not really main culture, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to go to the spa and get massages, you know? Um, but I'm like, there's so much more to it, you know? Um, you know, in the Asian culture, it's life. Yeah. Like you can find body work, um, places to go for very deep body work, like nothing, like you, you walk home from work and you're like, oh, I'm going to stop and get a half hour massage and they dig in and they heal you, you know? So it's a little counterculture to really think about it as a part of your whole wellness and a necessity self-care, you know? Um, so I did that and that was eye opening to a lot of things. And, um, to speed it up, basically, uh, I ended up, you know, having a family. So I, I have two daughters and a husband. And um, our journey took us back home. We moved kind of around a bit and back home to central New York. Um, and I couldn't practice body work anymore because I wasn't licensed in New York. And I really wasn't in a place to um, go back to school and get extra hours and get yeah. relicensed. So I had to change my thoughts. And um, I really needed to get moving again and get back into the gym after that. So I followed the fitness community and I ended up becoming a personal trainer so that I could be in the gym and work with people. And then that continued to lead to maybe I should study nutrition more. And that's why I started school. So, so here I am, I kind of have all these different, uh, I don't know, skills, I guess, in, in the realm of wellness and different perspectives. And we got to meet. And, and now here I am. Yeah, so that's I mean, my story. Yeah, I heal myself and, and heal others. Yeah, it's very interesting just listening to that because I didn't know all that about you. And, you know, it's all of these, and it's similar to my story as well. It's all these like, con, like, think, like moments that happen where, you know, like your landlord giving you a book. Yeah. Or like you going to school and, you know, just being a college student and eating whatever, you know, how, why, whatever reason that happened because of, you know, that's what you thought you should eat or you're just like, partying, whatever it is. And that led you to getting sick, which obviously isn't like ideal, but it was a, it was a wake up call, you know, and it allowed you to to take a look at what was going on in your body because as a gymnast and similar to me, when I was a kid growing up, I was very athletic. I played basketball. I played all sports and I ate whatever I wanted. And I was like, Oh, I'm in shape just because of like my physical body. You know, I didn't think about what was going on inside. And I just did whatever I wanted to do. But, you know, it's these moments that like kind of shape you and and bring you and you look at the look back and it's not a straight line. You know, it's not. It's zigzag. It's back forth. It's circles. It's whatever it is. But it landed you right here exactly where you are. And all that stuff is is valuable to to the people that you're going to to coach and consult because 
you have all these life experiences and especially that body work like that's huge i i was introduced to that at a fairly young age because my mom was a, a personal trainer and she worked at this like uh health spa but it was like the word i mean yes spa and, and another tangent is like yeah you think of body work you think of a spa you think of like uh you know uh, not a girl's day out, but like you think of like, you know, just like, let's just like go to the spa and get her like nails treating done. yourself. Yes. But it's, yeah, it's much more than that. And I was introduced to that because where my mom worked was they had like Indian sweat lodges and like, you know, Native American sweat oh, yeah. lodges and whatnot. And they had, you know, uh, body work, deep tissue massage. And I, I learned, I mean, how helpful it was, even when I was like, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, fast forward and now I don't get them as nearly as much as I should when I was in Southeast Asia I did a few times because like you said there's like they're on every single block like multiple right. ones like you know reflexology you know deep tissue massage just right. something where like you're you know you're not treating your body but you're helping your body heal yeah it was well, more of a necessity yeah um, in viewpoint it's a necessity versus a luxury yeah and that's where I think the, you know, communication about it is different. So, and even how they do it is different, obviously. So would you, do you see a difference between the massages you got, you know, when you were in Southeast Asia versus here? Well, yeah. I mean, with, well, when, with my moms, when I was younger, it was more geared towards the healing aspect, but yes, the, the, the few that I got here, because not nearly as many as I want to, or I just kind of got busy and no excuses, but I just didn't, but yeah, way yeah. different. It's, it's, it's way different there. Even when I was in, um, when I was in India, I did this, uh, like hour long, uh, massage and it was two people working on me at once. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. That's and then after, and then afterwards, when you're done, you sit in this like miniature steam room where like literally you sit in a chair and it closes and your neck and your head is the only thing that's out. Yeah, and you're literally just, those. And it's literally you just like the and it was it was mind blowing because of the attention to detail they have and it's an experience but it's a healing experience you yeah. know and like you said that whole luxury thing that's with a lot of stuff in in our culture even yoga I feel like for some is for a lot it's it's a luxury meditation's a luxury even the gym is seen as as a luxury and and I feel like that needs to shift because physical wellness definitely contributes to mental wellness and I don't know people have different different viewpoints of it but also the um like the uh, ex exclusivity of it you know like they it's it's only for a certain type of person right. whether it's socioeconomic whether it's you know gender race whatever it is like it's always it always seems like you know people only a certain group of people can do it you know have the means to do it absolutely i think i know you're right on that for sure and i think that leads to a really important discussion on, um, well, societal norms. So going yeah. with, with culture. Yeah. So, you know, comparing different cultures and how they view those things as necessities versus mm -hmm. luxuries, how they're ingrained and how they live their daily life. It makes it more attainable. Yeah. Whereas here, you know, if it's too expensive, you know, you really can't afford it. It's not affordable mm -hmm. to go in and get a $150 massage, you know, once a month there or whatever, you know, and that's just once a month. I mean, you can't even fit it in more than that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's created to be a model that that's somewhat unattainable as far as like body work and spa, but you know, there's so much more to it that it's about intention, mm -hmm. you know, and, and intention is free mindset is free 
And there's things you can do in your own life that are free that will make a world of difference as far as beginning that, that, that transformation of mind mm-hmm. to see what is really a luxury and what is really a necessity for you to be able to build a healthy you, you know? So um, I think intention is really important. And that's just a word that keeps coming up for me. You know, are you going through your life kind of following what your group of people in society around you are telling you to do and you just keep going or are you really putting thought and intention into the moves you're making? You know, um, are you intentionally wanting to make decisions that benefit your inner self and build and grow your inner self? Or are you kind of I- ignoring that I- in order to just keep going on the easy path? You know, um, and, and I think you do tons of that. I mean, you're totally into mindset and mm-hmm. um all that kind of work, especially with yoga makes Mm -hmm. you think and and take a moment and pause and be more intentional with connecting with your body and and healing it and seeing what you need, which connects you to mind. And a lot of people, their minds are heavy, you know, this, (laughs) that, that sort of idea of intention also leads to stuff and baggage, Mm -hmm. um, physical baggage, you know, in your environment, in your life, we love to purchase and buy things and consume Um, and then mental baggage, you know, what sort of feelings are you having that you have to work through so that you can modify your mindset and modify your behavior to benefit yourself? You know what I mean? And you you do too. Yeah. Like the, the, that baggage that you talk about, I feel like for myself in the past and for people now gets in the way of, of people's intentions, you know, it's almost, it's definitely like that. And I speak a lot about intention because like you said, it's, it's free. I, I like that. It is free. And, and people sometimes, I guess they may play the victim. I don't know if that's, yes. I, I don't want to, I don't want to judge people. Like yes. everybody has their own like mm-hmm. lived experiences. Everybody has things going on. You know, I come from a different walk of life than you, than, than somebody else and vice versa. But yeah. you know, intention is free and, and, and mindset is free. It's just being able to hold yourself accountable and start making small changes. It doesn't have to be a world of changes to, to, for you to get on the right path, but it has to start somewhere. And, you know, if you're not living intentionally and you're not doing things with intention, then you're, like you said, you're following a pack. You're, you're just existing yeah. a lot of times. And you're going to wake up one day and realize, wow, like 10 years has passed. Like, what did I do? Why am I in the same place as I was before? And it's because you haven't been living with intention. You haven't been allowing yourself to give yourself the proper attention to, to grow and evolve. And a lot of that stuff that's stopping you is that baggage. It's, yeah. it's like you said, physical baggage, which could be, you know, health reasons, which could stem from a lot of places, but that mental baggage, like, you know, being like conditions that you've that been put on you from society or your family, you know, things that you self-talk, things that you've told yourself are the way it's supposed to be, even though it's not, you know, beating yourself up over, over certain things. Like, and then also like allowing yourself to be the victim all the time, all those things stop you from accomplishing whatever it is you want to do in your life. And it doesn't have to be something grandiose. It doesn't like goals to you are different than goals to me. Goals are all relative to the person, you know, and, and achievements and success, you know, but we get in our we get in our own way it's pretty much what i'm saying and we're we're our own worst enemy a lot of times you know we do and um you're you're so right you know in that whole respect um i think it's hard to see past 
the baggage, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when you kind of get in that rut and you've just been doing it for so long. And, um, that, that is a good way to explain it, kind of playing the victim. Um, I don't think we intentionally do that. Mm-hmm. We fall into it. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're kind of, if you go through a rough time maybe, and you kind of can't figure things out, um, I, I think people just get bogged down and then they kind of stay there. Mm-hmm. So, it's a mindset of the victim, you know, that you have to overcome. Like it's happening to you versus because of your choices. Yeah. And there's certain things that do happen, but the control you have is your mindset on how you think about mm-hmm. how you approach it. And then that leads into kind of the idea of people who are so stressed. We're, we're moving so fast. Yeah. Like we're at lightning speed here. You know, our schedules are full. Our mind is full. Our environment is full. um, And we're not taking care of ourselves. So I think that we're kind of in a a mode of Mm -hmm. react all the time versus respond, you know? So, you know, when you, you see somebody who is frustrated or, um, really negative or really getting in their own way, playing the victim kind of thing, you know, Oh, this happened, this happened. Oh, they're overwhelmed and they're just reacting. They're going through life going, Oh, this happened. Ah, Oh, this happened. Ah," Instead of going, okay. So that happened. So how do I fix this? Mm -hmm. You know, they can't breathe. They can't um, process very well. And so they just react with that first gut reaction, reaction, which is usually, you know, some sort of negativity, fear, um, anxiety, instead of just pulling back thinking, going, all right, it's happening. So, so how do I get through this? You know, what mechanisms do I have in place to get myself where I need to be to uh, respond appropriately? Yeah. Um, people don't, a lot of people don't have those mechanisms and, and that's the issue. And then they react because they don't know where to go. They don't know where to pull from. They don't, like I speak about this a lot and, you know, having this like set of tools, like a tool bag, you know, and to be able to access those tools because, you know, it's better to need them and it's better to have them and not need them than need them and not have them. You know, you want to have them regardless if you need them. And if you don't, then you're going to react because Mm -hmm. to sit back and and respond and take it in takes a level of patience, take a, takes a level of emotional and mental maturity. Mm-hmm. If you react instantly, you think that, you know, you're being wronged or like, you know, you something's supposed to go a certain way and it's not and why isn't it? And you should, you should be able to control it. So you get angry and you lash out as opposed to being like, yes. okay, life happened. This happened. I have no control over how that just happened, but what can we do to fix it? What can we do to get through it? What can we do to learn and grow from this? And it's it's interesting to see how many people, including myself from the past, because I'm lumped into this. I went through this. This is from personal experience. Didn't know how to to navigate that. Mm-hmm. You know, and you see that a lot of times with people in general, but I also see it with people in my own practice and in, in my everyday life, people that I'm starting to, you know, work with that they just don't they have a tough time dealing with life on life's terms. Right. And that that peel that um uh, seeps into, you know their food choices that seeps into their life choices, everything. It's, it, it's all interconnected. It's like a, it's a wild web, you know, it is, it's a wild web. And that's, that's, that's probably one of the eye-opening things to like through school, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, we, 
we're studying clinical nutrition. So we studied all sorts of diseases, you know, and how, you know, nutrition and, and different aspects of life, um, can, can change that situation, can make Mm -hmm. it better for people or worse. And we actually, I think, took a lot of time, um, to look at goal setting and mindset, Mm -hmm. because if you don't have the mindset, right, you can't get the other pieces. Right. So it's eye-opening that the web was was touched upon how there's all these different pieces, but I think we're, we're you and I are really talking about how much deeper it runs throughout mm-hmm. life, you know. Um, so going into that, you know, a lot of people are depressed. A lot of people are identifying with anxiety. So you know, the clients you're talking about and and I'm talking about, you could easily say to them, okay, so look, you know, we can decide on making some different nutritional choices here. Let's try eating this or that. But if they're not in a good place, that is not going to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. So really, you and I, what we have to dive into is that mind work yeah. to to help them clear space to get in a place where they are emotionally connected to making an improvement. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when they are really, really emotionally ready, they're not just saying, well, I want to go change my diet for bathing suit season and I got to move on. No, you're doing that for a season. You're going to go and do eight weeks yeah. of this and you're going to be done we're talking about life changes mm-hmm. and in, in all aspects. So, so people with anxiety and depression, mothers specifically, I really am, am so interested in helping mothers. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, one in eight mothers at least at minimal will go through waves of depression, you know, and, and this is relatable to other people who are not mothers right. or parents. Um, but it's just somebody I can identify with yeah. because when I became a mother, um, just with all those changes, I really sunk hard into what we're talking about. I was playing the victim hard. Um, and I couldn't get out of it. I couldn't see it because you're just buried. You know, so many people will say that they're kind of drowning in their role, whether it's maybe as a student or, uh, uh, a family member, or, you know, they'll just say I'm failing here. And that makes me fail in that part of my life. They feel like they're failing and they're drowning and they're anxious and depressed. And, um, I just, I felt that so strongly. It was mindset. It was that it got me out of it. That's mm-hmm. only getting me out of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, something I found this book related to motherhood that was passed down, um, actually from my mother-in-law, Um, from her sister. So she gave it to me one day. It's called The Tao of Motherhood by uh, Vimala McClure. It's an older book. And I was like, okay, let's see what words of wisdom are in this book, you know? And then here I am turning over every corner of the page because I'm like, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding. This is, this is the real deal. Um, So one, one little passage from it says this, If you cannot reflect in the chaos of the moment, withdraw. Make time for yourself to turn inward and digest your life. Mm. Just that. So this was applied to motherhood, but it's applied to everyone. If your life seems chaotic, you have to stop. You have to make time and stop and look inward Mm -hmm. and do the the work of the inner self and dig yourself out of that hole. Because I realized really quickly that my negative Nancy Nobody liked that. Nobody responded well to it, right? You're sitting there going, I'm so overwhelmed. Oh my God, these kids are crazy. Like, you know, I, I don't even know who I am anymore. Oh, this is so hard. And 
it's it's the blame and it's you feel shame and it's the victim, but you're having a hard time mm-hmm. and you're not clearing space. So that's what happens is people are not saying no to certain activities and and creating good boundaries for themselves. Boundaries, yes. To then make quiet in their lives mm-hmm. so that they can actually dig into who they are and what bothers them and how do they fix it and um, create a plan and find their purpose. I think a lot of people aren't connected with their purpose. So they feel like they're kind of going through the shallow life mm-hmm. without really digging in mm-hmm. anymore. Um, so that passage really spoke to me. You know, we have to learn to set those boundaries. Yeah. And, and make it, time. Yeah. That, and, and it seems like, you know, yes, you have an experience and this is relatable to other mothers, but that's also, I feel like something that could be relatable, obviously to everybody, you know, when, mm-hmm. when you, when you're feeling that chaos, you need to take a step back and you need to go within because I feel that if you can't, if you don't take care of what's going on within, then your external is just going to always be chaos Yeah, and because you won't be able to, you won't know how to deal with it from the internal. And then it's just going to keep going and it's going to get worse. And then you're just going to keep perpetuating the same things over and over again. And Absolutely. those boundaries. Yeah. That that's, that's huge. And all aspects of life. Like I, yeah. I spoke about that like a few weeks back on a podcast about boundaries with everything, even boundaries with yourself, you know, like finding those boundaries that you, that you stand firm in, because you like you said, you know, you can say yes to everything. You can wear yourself thin. You can do things because, you know, you don't want to look a certain way to somebody else, or you want to maybe look a certain way to other people in your life so that you hold this certain, I don't know, image. So Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's huge. And, and obviously mother, like being a mother, those boundaries may look different than if you're, you know, uh, an athlete, or if you're somebody just uh, like somebody that's not a mother, it's different, but being able to set those boundaries is huge. Being able to understand the chaos and then go within is huge, you know, so that that's relatable from, from all walks of life, but to be able to, you know, obviously focus somewhat on mothers in, in your, in your um, case. It's huge yeah. because I don't know what it feels like to be a mother. Obviously, that's not something that I can relate to, like, like on a visceral level. Like, I can right. be like, oh, like I, I know this, I know that. Like, I can relate to that. But when it boils down to it, I'm never gonna be a mother, so I can't relate to that. You know? Right. And I think um, you're 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 so right that it's relatable to everyone. And I think even as an individual, you know, if if you've never practiced and really come up with a a communication and verbiage to Mm. uh, define boundaries, you know, to really digest what they are. Um, It can be hard as an individual to begin the process of Mm. learning what boundaries you need to make to protect your yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I identify with mothers more specifically because now it's not just about boundaries for yourself, even though they've become most important, because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of your family or your children in, in the way you want to. Um, but then you also have to create boundaries for other little people. <laughs> so if you haven't kind of figured it out, it just kind of flows into your family life. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so important because mothers become very selfless. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when, when you create this being and, or, or by whatever means yeah. you're a parent, even fathers do too. Um, but you, 
you become selfless. You say, well, their needs come first. Their needs come first all the time. I need to put myself last and on the back burner. And only when I can, will I do what I need to do. And that's why you keep slowly getting buried under it. But you have, that has to stop, you know, and there's a whole blame, shame and, you know, kind of culture, like hot mom mess culture, you know, which you may not have seen, but subtly it's there because there's always jokes. There's sitcoms where like a new mom is total mess. She looks like garbage. She feels like garbage. That image is set in people's minds. Like, well, that's what I'm supposed to be. That's my badge of honor, right? If I'm not buried under this, who am I? Am I even working hard enough for my family? You know, so there's this whole social norm that you should be a hot mess, you know, and just total mess. And I was there and I said, this has to stop. This is not the mother I wanted to be. I always wanted to be a mother. I'm an only child. I always wanted a family. Why is this so hard? Mm. What is going on? And I put a hard stop. I said, no, no more. And um, I found, you know, people to follow, you know, because you can find so much community now. Um, I found community that was more supportive, that wasn't supportive of this hot mom mess, a community that was supportive of strong women who were, you know, figuring themselves out and identifying with who they are in their duties as a mother, but as a whole person, they, they weren't the mother. And that's really important to begin to dig and dive into yourself and not lose it. Um, but part of the, the big source of this is stuff. So coming along to that idea of the clutter and the, the physical mm-hmm. stuff, not only just that mental work, but the physical stuff. Um, as an individual person, you choose what comes into your environment, right? You choose where you shop, what you want to buy, what products you want to support. Mm-hmm. You make that choice. You create your environment, whether you want to believe it or not. Um, and there's, there's a lot of clutter and things. Um, and with, with moms, you're fed so much stuff Buy these toys have, you need all of these things to be able to parent really well. And, um, I spent most of my time cleaning up stuff like toys and clothes and people like to give you stuff. And then the holidays come rolling around, right? You're like, come on. What and and people send, you know, family meaning well, send you home Mm -hmm. with all this stuff. And you're like, well, that's super sweet of you and all, but this is stealing my motherhood. At a certain point, I realized, I go, the kids don't need this. This isn't good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I'm working on the physical clutter, you know, really honing in on what you want your space to feel like so that you can function well and feel happy and joyful in your space. And so that my children can learn to play and entertain themselves. And um, that's huge. So again, in my book, I read one day, I turned, I'll flip the page. I'll just kind of roll through the pages and and just stop wherever I land to see what sort of wisdom is going to come my way today. You know, this one landed at the perfect time. And this can be applied to anyone because this is a huge issue. So consumption, ready? Okay, here we go. A wise mother keeps her children's life simple. She gives away 10,000 toys and keeps only that which is useful. Can you imagine that? You imagine doing that today? She lets her baby gaze into her face at the wonder and at the wondrous colors of nature. She gives her child household things and tells stories the same way over and over again. And I'll skip down to the bottom part. Those who become trapped in the cycle of getting and having 
spend their children's lives in a kind of fog, the best moments are lost forever. Wow. And I cry every time I read that because I'm like, oh, dang, <laughs> this is, that's hard. Yeah, that is. That's very hard. And, and, and you can replace some of those words with, you know, instead of mother, this and that, and you can obviously, you can use Person. it. In other, yeah. But, um, yeah. but yeah, it's this idea. I, I really like that physical stuff thing that you spoke about because I dealt with that a lot too. When I used to, when, when I used to travel, hopefully travel again soon, but <laughs> I know I would, I would always, I know I would always come back and thinking I needed to buy, like get my dad a hat because he likes hats or my mom earrings. And, you know, it's not a bad thing to to get people stuff, but why are you doing it? Like, right. are you doing it because you feel obligated to or because it, they'll really like it? So nowadays I do like soap and coffee because it's from a read from a place because it's local and it's you can consume it and enjoy that experience. And you can maybe feel a little bit of a tie to that place. But it's interesting, like I can't even imagine when I get married and when I get, um, uh, you know, have have a family, hopefully people are just going to mm-hmm. their first reaction is stuff. Yeah. Like, here's all this stuff. Like. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I have a house, you know, I'm going to want maybe some kitchen appliances, you know, some cool yeah. things, but yeah. How many, how many toys can a kid play with? You know, you can give them a tissue box. You can give them a, a, a the inside roll of a toilet of like the toilet. Pots roll. and pans. Yeah. Pots and like, right. Pots I, and pans. I mean, I, I don't even, and I'm not, su- I'm not super old, but like when I was growing up, I don't remember having a ton of toys. Like I remember having some, you know, yeah. I did have the, I remember specifically I would get the Hess truck all the time yes, when I, in the, the Hess truck. When, yeah when I was yeah. Uh, during like Hanukkah or holiday times I would always get like the Hess truck and like the gas truck and then you have all these yeah. things and I remember having like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles but I don't yeah like now yeah. it's it's people resort to just giving stuff and 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 when you're a, a family and you're a mother and you have children the house becomes almost probably overrun with toys and yeah. you see these uh tv shows and movies where like you know, parents will step on Legos and like, they'll always be yeah. a complete mess. And it's, you know, that ends up, you know, affecting your, your mental space, because when you want, when you walk into your home, regardless if you have kids or not, you want it to feel like a home, you want it to feel warm and inviting. And, and, and if there's clutter, that creates chaos, even if you don't under, know it, it, it creates um, yeah. dis- dissonance and like a disconnection, yeah. because you don't feel as connected, because it's just, it's overrun with, yeah. with things, you know? Yeah. So that, <laughs> that, that's, that's so good. And, and that is part of, I mean, there's this whole movement of organize your stuff, mm-hmm. but if you really think about how do you organize that much stuff, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. You will go on the hamster wheel and run it around till you can't anymore. It really comes down to removing this stuff. Mm, yeah. And the greatest gift we have is time. Mm-hmm. You know, if we really, stop and think about it. It's time. What is ticking for us? It's time. And within that, with, in giving stuff, within receiving stuff, within caring for the stuff, we are losing time, which leads to loss of connection. Mm. So I always kind of step back when I'm thinking about how we live life and why so many mothers, but people are feeling that dissonance in life or feeling a lack of purpose or disgruntled, uh, where does it come from? And I think that a lot of people are living such individual lives 
yes, I live with my family and it's just my small family, Mm -hmm. but so many cultures. And in the past we would live in groups, you know, we would have our elders with us. We'd have the young, young ones with us in middle age, we'd all work together. But with that comes a sense of community support, learning, you know, the generations would, would teach each other. Um, and young little ones being cared for by the elderly in the family is so good for them, you know, but now our elderly don't even know what to do with themselves because they're just, you know, kind of in their own space and everybody else is too busy, you know, so we all have a sense of loss along the way where I think that that would fill some of the gaps we're trying to fill with stuff. And um, two points on that are that I realized birthday parties for kids. It's an example. You could still think about gifts with your friends, exchanges mm-hmm. with your friends, but as you get older, right? You're like, hey, let's just go out. Let's just yeah. go get drinks. Like, I just want to see you. Mm-hmm. Let's connect. That's what we're asking for. But then people show up to these massive parties for kids and they dump all these toys. It's just unreal. And they're missing the whole point that the child is what's important here, mm-hmm. you know? So we've begun to dial back and my kids will um, ask their friends to bring donations for a place. Um, we love animals. So a lot of times we'll just say, listen, this is the list of what this place needs. Could you pre- please bring supplies, you know? And my kids don't need toys. They just want to play with their friends, but I don't do big parties. I don't stress myself out. Um, I really want the kids to be around a, a handful of people who are interested in them and want to play with them and be connected to them. Um, so with holidays and gift giving, it's important to think about, you know, are you doing this because you're it's a, a holiday and you're supposed to give a gift and you just need to get it off your chest and go get mm-hmm. it, you know? And then, okay, I bought the gift. I have the package ready. I'm done. But is that what the person really needs? No, they yeah. need your time. So we've created the intention of let's begin to spend time with somebody. Let's, um, go take our, our friend out to eat or let's cook them a special meal and, and have time together. Um, what is it they really like? You know, really think about what local shop, like you said, yeah. um, give them one really special thing they can connect with and, and remember with time. So, um, you know, that it's just so important. We're so disconnected, but we're just giving each other things, yeah. you know? Yeah. And yeah, a bunch of things you just said, but yeah, the birth, uh, the birthday thing is is and for children, yeah. I mean, I don't have children, and I'm not gonna like speak on other people's children because, but I see it, and I I see it also when I used to bartend in a club, and they used to have bar mitzvahs there. Yeah, and you would see the amount of money they spend on things there, and it's, it blows your mind. Mm-hmm. But personally, my birthday, um, I remember when I turned. I think it was two years ago, 2018. Yeah, it was 36. I spent my birthday in India with people I met three days before. And it was one of my best birthdays because everybody was there like to, to learn yoga. And they, they, they got me this little like cake, whatever. And it was amazing. And that's, I didn't need anything. You know, I didn't need anything. And last year, obviously during the pandemic, like I, I had this whole plan of doing something, but it was, it was going to be a full moon uh, birthday party because I looked back and found out that I was born on a full moon, my birthday. Oh, so cool. I was like, wow, full moon. I have my yoga studio and this is before everything hit. I was like, I'm yeah. going to have like the drum circle and people come in and we'll just celebrate my birthday. Even if I don't even know you from a hole in the wall, like if right. you're there and you're, you have the same mindset and you want to just enjoy the full moon, we'll, we'll vibe and it'll be amazing. Obviously that didn't happen, but, but I just spent it with my family and it was mm-hmm. fine. 
I didn't need anything. You know, some people maybe, you know, I got some random gifts in the mail, but they, it was from friends that I didn't even think were going to send something. And it was amazing because it was, you know, incense or it was like a, a journal or like a feather, like things that they know that I like. Right. You know? And it's, it was like, really, and there yeah. was no price point on it. But right. one thing that stuck out to me when you were, when you were talking about like kids' birthdays, I don't know if this is right or this is just an assumption, but you know, if kids are getting all these toys and then they go to school or their friends and they have these toys, what happens when the other kids can't afford those toys? So it's like, they look at friends or look at kids have toys and they're like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my family? How come they have X, Y, and Z and I don't have it? So like, even at an early age, they feel less than, or they don't yeah. feel like they're enough just because somebody, like another kid has a toy, you know? And that, and that, mm -hmm. that, that, um, that construct, that, that condition starts to play in their head. Maybe if they're five, six, seven years old and it continues as they get older, just from a toy, just from like kids having right. all this stuff that they don't need. And the kids right. that are less fortunate, you know, look at it and they're like, they, they already create this idea of where their place is in society. You're right. Yeah. You know? It's all about the stuff. And then you get into the whole name brand, you know, a lot right. of times walking around school, you know, who's got the latest kicks, who's yeah. got this, well, you don't have them. Well, you know, yeah. you're not good enough. Um, so it starts young. That seed is planted young. And that's, that's so important because we're looking at people externally instead of internally to who they are. And that's where that loss of connection continues to foster a consumerist society. You mm -hmm. know, we're obsessed with consuming and then that's somehow related to our value. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just simply not, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it's so hard to break away from that if you're surrounded by it. Mm -hmm. And that's where that changing of norms is so, so difficult, you know? Um, I don't know. We, we just moved, we moved out more to the country and this is relative to be able being able to think, you know, a lot of times if you're in a city or a populated area, you know, it, it may be hard to think and separate yourself from yeah. all that visual stimuli, oh, which yeah. is also advertising yeah. by the way. So we're not going to go there. We'll go there another time, yeah. but all this constant yeah. advertising um, frames your mind you know, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, being in a neighborhood and seeing what everyone else is doing, trying to keep up with the Joneses, if you will, all contributes to this mindset and what you have to physically have versus, you know, always connecting. I mean, there's connection there, but you have to foster it with people these days. You have to work really hard. Um, but we just kind of moved more out towards the country. And I found that it's so much easier for me to focus on these intentions that I've begun to create because there is space in my physical outdoor environment. And now I've created it in my indoor environment mm -hmm. to really not be influenced as often. And I have to fight those, those feelings to see what everyone else is doing. Um, and we'll have to talk about this another time, but social media plays yeah. even harder into that. Yeah. So another discussion, um, but, but just kids and people looking at social media and seeing highlight reels going, well, I want to live that every moment, or I'm jealous of that life or how that person looks like they're living or they have a perfect moment. That was their one second perfect moment. You have no idea what was going on around those pictures, yeah. but we feed, mm -hmm. we feed that within ourselves and think that we're not keeping up and we're not enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's so, it's so important that we start treating the, the whole person in the mind and everything. But, um, 
all that goes along with just where we're at. So back cycling back to nutrition, we ended up in nutrition school because we were so interested about what we put into our body. And um, this all will help us to feed ourselves better because if you want to be a better person and do better things, you want to feel better. Mm. You can't do that if you feel yucky, you know? (laughs) Um, So you have to get healthy and um, simplifying your eating is really important. I think a lot of times people are so overwhelmed and make it so complicated, you know, but if you can simplify and create boundaries about what you're going to put in your body and set a tone for that, you can simplify and you can get it done. But there's um, a statistic I thought was was so interesting. A 2012 study had found that, you know, on average, 52% of Americans felt that doing their taxes were easier than making healthy eating decisions. What? Yeah. So if you ask, you know, because there's so much... Um, there, there's a lot of inconsistency about what flies around with nutrition. Yeah, there's a ton. People are so confused. Yeah, that they think dealing with taxes is an easier choice than than trying to figure out a healthy eating. That is that. I mean, that blows my mind. But at the same time, it sounds pretty on brand because, yeah, like if you if you look nowadays, everybody has nutrition advice. I mean. That's why like, I was hesitant to call myself a coach at all because the word coach has been dragged through yeah. the mud. Everybody could be a coach. And then yeah. you know, not to throw dirt on other programs, but there's other programs that are a lot less intense and they are like almost like a certificate, six months. Yeah. And you know, what we did was a lot more of a, a deep dive onto like, you know, into like the cellular level of like nutrition and, and, and very much like biology based and you know yeah. and and scientific and anatomy, physiology and but there could be some random influencer that's, you know, on social media that says, you know, try this collagen. I'm not knocking collagen, but, you know, right. with somebody that doesn't know the benefits of it or how it can affect their body, they're going to take it just because this person with this many followers says it. And right. it's really muddied the waters. It's made it a lot more difficult for us to, to um, I guess, have our voices heard, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, yeah. And then people just make poor choices because, or they don't make any choices at all because there's the, the you can you can find whatever you want to find on the internet yeah. that will support your theories that will support your you know mindset it's yeah. out there you know there's studies yeah. out there that will support everything i mean i i heard a guy on one podcast that was a carnivore like a carnivore diet like all he ate yeah. was meat for 30 days yeah and i'm not knocking meat eaters even though i'm vegan but i'm like come on like that cannot be good for you like no not but you know, he gets on this podcast, which has very high ratings. And, you know, he says all these things. It sounds great, but it's like, that may work for you in the short term, but I'm, I'm betting it not in the long term. And I'm betting it's not going to work for somebody who's is, you know, overweight or right. who is, you know, who has chronic pain or, you know, who right. has arthritis, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, it is tough for that reason. It's all over the place. And then, yeah, people muddy the waters and, and it really, everybody wants to jump on a fad diet. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that worked. Well, it'll work for me. We stop looking at each other as individuals. So I hate the word diet. Like I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, of course. But you know, whatever fad um, description of, of what they're going to eat, they want to jump on the train because they assume that it's going to work. And we all know we, you and I, we know what, specific ones we're talking about right now but um 
you lose the individual in that. And they think that um, it's going to react the same to them, you know, and, and if you're careful and you have a nutritionist advice and you're going through certain changes in your eating patterns, these things may work for some people, but we're not all programmed the same way. We don't all have this, the same DNA. We don't have the same history, you know, so what works for one doesn't always work for another. Um, I mean, but there are overlaps that we can find that as a general are a good rule of thumb. And that's what we have to kind of focus on unless you're working with a nutritionist, you Mm -hmm. know, a a certified, you know, nutritionist, dietitian, whatever the case is. Um, You shouldn't just fling these things around, but, but everyone's going to do what they want to do. And that's part of, you know, the difficulty of our role is that people don't always believe you if they are really steadfast on an idea they're just going to be like, well, whatever, I'm going to do it this way. Yeah. You have to let that go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like no matter what we say, you know, it's personal responsibility. It's personal yep. choices. They're going to do what they want if they want to. I mean, even if you have sound advice and it's backed up by this, if they don't feel it, you know, if they're not motivated to make any changes then they're just going to be like, F it, I'm going to continue to do this or yeah. this works for somebody else. Or this person is pushing this in like 21 day, like 10 pound. Yeah. Know, summer weight loss program. I don't know, you know, and it's just, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to sometimes, you know, remove them from that. I don't want to say brainwash, but from that, you know, it's sort of is a brainwash. I feel like, you know, because it's quick fixes. It's, it's one size fit all things that aren't one size fit all at ever for the most part, you know, and there is overlap there is, and there's certain like quote unquote diets that may work for like a month or so when you're trying to do a, a you know, you, you have a, an illness or something's going on where you want to like get back to, to a homeostasis. Like you want to get back to where you are, but then it's not sustainable for your entire life. Right. You no, know, it can, and address, it can address a few, in, a few health issues that you have or imbalances that you have. But then once you get back to maybe even get back to zero, you know, get back to like a start, the starting point, then you need to reevaluate. Is this diet or is this going to help me moving forward for the long haul? A lot of right. times, I don't think it is, but people, you know, they they just get this idea in their mind that it's right. something that they need to continue to do because that's how they got healthy, but it's not sustainable. It uh, isn't. And um, I think it's difficult when our, to kind of bring our medical services into yeah. this, you know, um, when all our, our doctors and, you know, kind of NPs are trained the way they are. Um, I mean, I know people I went to school with that went through medical school and mm-hmm. um, one reached out to me and said, you know, I really had wished they taught us more about nutrition. We got like, got like two credits in nutrition. Yeah, they get like five out, like no, like yeah, like nothing. And, and, and that's okay. That's not their, you know, if they're going to become a specialist or something, that's yeah. not their field. Yeah. But, you know, the medical staff is taught to fix a problem. That's their job. Mm-hmm. But we as a society have started to lean on them to resolve issues that they're not able to look deep down into. Mm-hmm. So we're all going on medication because, um, you know, well, well, this pill will fix it, you know, well, that's for the symptoms. You are not resolving your disease with that. Yeah. yeah. So that's where the translation is lost between a functional medicine perspective mm-hmm. that says, hold up. Why is this happening in the first place? You know, let's let's look at the whole person and what's going on. Why do you have those symptoms? Why do you have this disease arising? Mm-hmm. You know, and so people really fall into the that easy fix because they assume that's the only option they have 
is to take those pills so that they can, you know, kind of ward off those symptoms or bad feelings or whatever it is, but they're not working on, or even given the seed planted of the idea that there's other work that needs to be done shifts in their life that can help, uh, decrease the disease or get it to disappear you know, resolve it. Um, so that's really tough to fight with when people just don't even think there's anything out there. Like they'll say, you know, if you're like, okay, well, you know, here's some supplements, you know, that would help, you know, your growth and, and replenishment. And let's do that with, you know, some changes in your movement and mindset, you know, they're kind of like, well, that's a lot of supplements, you know, that seems like a lot. Okay. I'm sorry, how many medications are you on? Yeah. You know, would you rather take a medication that's got potential of 20 side effects or a supplement that will not hurt you and can help you? You know, if there's a disconnect. Yeah, there's a yeah, a, a definite that. disconnect. There's a definite disconnect. There's a definite um, I guess mis misunderstanding or like not educated or just don't know about the resources out there and also it's probably like a trust thing too i mean i don't know people just think of i have this issue the next logical step is go to the doctor like go to the doctor right. without like understanding what could be the other factors into it in it which is like maybe your eating isn't conducive to you know upkeeping yeah. your physical wellness and your mental wellness there's that disconnect we don't a lot of people are so distracted, like we talked about earlier, and like so busy that we forget to listen to our body. You know, you eat something, and then like a half an hour later, you feel like crap. You should be like, oh, maybe what I just ate didn't feel good, but because you're, you know, back in the meeting or you're doing this and that, you don't make that connection. And people yeah. fail yeah. to to understand and and go to that other step or that other route where they're saying, oh, well, maybe I could go see this person, or maybe I could talk to somebody about my diet or, you know, what I'm eating. And maybe I could start there before I go to the doctor, which the only thing I'm going to get there, which like you said, is what they're trained to do is a quick fix. Or, you know, there's a problem, here's a solution, here's a pill, you know? Yeah. There has to be that. And I think more and more people are starting to wake up to that, but there's still a lot of people that strictly go straight to the doctor before, you know, trying other alternatives out, you know, trying thing. And maybe the doctor is the, the last resort, you know? Right. You know, it's hard to get in there. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the wait list for any of these specialists and stuff is so long that people are just, you know, languishing and what's, what's going on and, and they're all overwhelmed. So not going to mm -hmm. spend a lot of time with you yeah. to really figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, so overwhelm on their end is a big part of it too. They're not able to take the time to really see the whole picture. Um, and so, you know, my advice generally to people would be you, again, are responsible for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you, you can play the victim or you can step into your life and you can take responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of it is lack of responsibility or recognizing um, that you can do some research, that you can seek out other resources and help for these things. And, and it's so valuable, you know, it's about how you live your life. You know, are you living your life feeling well, doing well, you know? Um, so I always just say, you know, you have to hone in on that, you know, learn, learn those feelings for yourself, what works for you, what doesn't, mm -hmm. and you have to listen. And, um, you really just need to take responsibility for, for that because even a doctor may not have all the answers. If they don't spend enough time 
their advice may not be entirely applicable. Mm-hmm. You, you have to listen and do the research for yourself and, and decide, you know, is this the best choice for me or is there something else I can look into? You yeah. Know? Yeah. And that's that responsibility and, you know, taking ownership ties back into living with intention. You yeah. know, it, it goes back into this, this idea that, you know, if something's wrong, you can do research on it. You know, you can go to, some people go to like five, 10 doctors and there's something wrong with them and none of them know what's wrong with you. You know, they can't figure it out. And you're sitting here wondering, or the person sitting there wondering like, what's wrong with me? And they, and some people will, will won't even take the time to like start doing more research and looking up things. I mean, there's studies on everything out there that you can find. And then mm-hmm. you can start to, you know, try to implement things in your life that aren't, you know, risky at all. It's just changing a diet, trying a supplement, you know, doing some exercise, reflexology, body work, all these things like acupuncture, something. Yeah. Because all you're doing is exhausting, you know, the people in the medical field, but there's this whole other, I I don't know, I don't want to say alternative medicine, but like, you know, holistic or homeopathic that could work and, and could help even, even more. But it's, it's that if you're not intentionally trying to make a change, if you're not taking personal responsibility and taking ownership and removing that victimhood from your life, you're just going to keep going down and spiraling down more and more into that self-pity party. Right. No, of one, of you, of of the person. And that's not, that, that never helps. That's never conducive to growth or anything like that. It just, it just, it just keeps you in that cycle and it just keeps going and going until, until you take that personal responsibility. But that also ties into, you know, what we're doing is that, you know, until somebody wants to actually take ownership, then we're never going to be able to help them if, if they don't want to actually, you know, you know, take, have, be accountable for what's going on and actually make a change. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I know. I mean, you have a great story too. I mean, how you, you got involved in all of this. So, I mean, that must speak to you. Right. How your journey went with all this. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I mean, for a long time, I didn't take any responsibility or accountability for things in my life. You know, I went through, you know, substance abuse issues and whatnot. And I blamed everybody else but myself. You know, every poor me, poor me. You know, this is happening to me. Like, why is this happening to me? And like, why is other people's lives going like this? It was just like misery, pity for so long until like, you know, until I had an epiphany, you know, my my moment of clarity, my introduction to my higher power that set me on my journey. And from then, you know, it at least created this foundation for me to be able to start to listen to myself and start to trust myself and start to do things that were rooted in love and not fear because I lived a long time, a life that was, you know, just fear-based decisions based on fear and, and, and not doing things that I loved because I didn't know what I, I loved because I was too overwhelmed with, doing things because I was afraid that this would happen or I was afraid that that would happen, you know? Yeah. And I look back and, and, you know, similar, similar in nature, as far as like the, um, the, uh, the format of your, of your story, it's like, you know, all these moments that happened, all these things that happened that shaped me and brought me to where I am today. And now that I look back, you know, I understand that I had to take personal responsibility. I had to start you know, owning up to my shit. Like I had to like yeah. be honest and, yeah. and, and put it out there and saying, yeah, this is what I was doing before. This is what I, I said, I did a, how I behaved, how I ate, how I acted, whatever it was. And it wasn't good, but that was then. And now I can change. Now I can, I can, I have the ability to change because 
you know, whatever happens in the world outside of me, a lot of times I, I can't control, but I can control how I react, how I respond and how I choose to live my life today. And that's a huge thing because before it was, you know, like I said, I didn't feel like I had any role in, in my life as far as like, I couldn't change anything. I was stuck in where I was, what I was doing. I, this was going to happen and whatever. I just felt helpless. Yeah. And we don't have to feel helpless. You know, we don't have to. And I, and I'm so thankful and so grateful for that, for that, those changes I made in my life, because I wouldn't be here today if that wasn't the case, you know, and I wouldn't have that experience as far as, you know, where I was and, you know, the life I was living compared to where I am now, you know, and, yeah. and I'm not done yet, like by any means, like I am still growing. It's a journey. All the time. Yeah. It's a it's life a journey. It's a, it's a lifelong yeah. journey, you know, sure. like, you know, what they say in, in recovery is, you know, you never recovered. And like that whole thing can be applied to everybody. Like no one's ever, I think, fully recovered on their lifelong journey because there's always things that we can be doing. There's always things that we can be improving and getting better at and learning from, even if it's yeah. from a negative situation or something that we did that was wrong or a mistake, still learn from it. Always use yeah. those moments as teachable moments that you can grow from. Because if you don't, you're just gonna make the same mistakes over again. Find yourself in the same place, upset, right. angry, suffering, in pain, when it doesn't have to be that way, you know? You're so, right. So. Yeah, that's that's huge. I mean, I think that's, that's so powerful. And the fact that, you know, you talk about it, um, it's creating community for people mm -hmm. who are maybe in that place now, yeah. mm -hmm. you know? Um, they feel alone, you know, I'm sure. And um, just talking about it and how you got out of it is so important. Same for me, you know, I'm, I'm working on it. I am working very hard every day to, you know, continue to dig myself out. And I see the changes, which encourages more. So that's mm -hmm. why it's small steps. It but I think if you're in that place, I don't know if you felt the same way, you kind of are waiting for a big hand to come and reach down and pull you out of it and go, mm -hmm. somebody's going to care about me and pull me yeah. right out of this. Yeah. You know, um, this is beyond me. I need somebody else. And that's where that victim part comes in. And you have to, I don't know how the epiphanies happen, how that emotional tie happens. Like you just get your back against a wall and mm -hmm. you just go enough, enough. Mm -hmm. And you speak to yourself and say, this comes down to me. This is a me problem. Yeah. You take, you just have to go, this is this, no one is going to do this work for me, you know? Um, and, and you dig yourself out just a little by a little. Um, that's why, you know, with clients, we do small steps. You know, right. one small step begets the next. Yeah. And you see that you can do it. So you go to the next small step and, and you continue a lifelong journey of creating a future goal and what you want, you know, mm -hmm. creating a vision and, and working towards that, creating small goals to get there. Um so it, it's powerful stuff. And I think we all have work to do. Always. All of our life. Always. And, no matter and, where we're at. Yeah. And, um, the, the, and yeah, like the journey is small steps. People get overwhelmed. Like I said, they, they think everything needs to be done in, in one night. And that's not really possible. And, and removing that mindset will make things a lot easier for you because you won't resist or give up if nothing happens in a week or even a month, sometimes six months. You know, it, it takes time. But you yeah. have to be, we have to be, People have to be, you know, dedicated and and understand that that you know anything that's worth it in this world it takes time, it takes yeah. effort. There's no shortcut. Takes some grit. 
Yeah. And it takes, it takes connecting to reaching out, you know, you have to do the dirty work and find those people that can support you and have the right mm -hmm. mindset mm -hmm. and teach you, you know, yeah. you have to be coachable, Yeah, you know, to yeah. learn. Yeah. You have to be coachable. You have to be able to take feedback or criticism. You know, you have yeah. to be able to take all that because it's, if, yeah, people, people sometimes are defensive towards that because they feel like it's personal, but a lot of times, most of the time, it's someone just trying to help. Yeah. You know, just trying to help. They're not, they're not trying to say anything else about you, but it's our egos that get in the way. You know, how dare yeah. this person say this? How dare this person judge me? They don't know my life. They don't know this. They don't know that. Yeah, maybe they don't, but what they're trying to offer you is a better way to live. And you, and it's up to the person to either take it or not. Like all we can do is give, all we can do is carry the message. We cannot carry the person. We can't make them do anything. You're right. You know? That ego is huge. That mm. ego is the reactive phase. Yeah. How we talk. Is. Ego yeah. is the reaction. Yeah, it is. You know, when you can drop that, then you um, are able to respond. Yeah. And that's when growth happens. That's right. It. Those decisions that you consciously make and calculate from that bag of tricks that you you started building up is when, when the growth happens, when yeah. good things happen, when success happens. And, you know, when you get a little, you're hungry for more, you know, <laughs> those you can see those journeys take off for people and you're like... Yes, this yeah. is good. Because then so. they realized that they were getting in their own way, like we spoke about earlier. They realized that yep. they were their own worst enemy. And they realized that they probably had all this stuff, like you talked about, blocking them, like just like blocking the doorway of opportunity. And it was all of their stuff that they, I don't want to say that they, they, they didn't know about, but they were like aware of, but didn't want to deal with. Yeah. Because to them, it was too much work or it, they didn't yes. want to face those things. Like a lot of, sometimes that stuff is scary. Sometimes like, you know, doing the work and going within is scary, you know, like the dark yeah. stuff, it's scary. So people are adverse to, to pain, especially if it's self-inflicted, but sometimes you need to go through that to be able to get to the other side, to, to reap the rewards. Not all growth. I mean, I think a lot of growth isn't pretty, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it, it, it's, 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 it's messy, messy. It's real messy. <laughs> but the reward, if people would keep it in their minds, is so much greater than what you went through. But it's it's getting through that. And then, what, like you said, like once you taste it, then you'll be like, oh, okay, I, I, I'm willing to go through this to get there because I know that it's worth it. People have yeah. to just trust. Sometimes it's blind trust, blind faith. But if they see someone else that has done it, like you or me or other people, maybe they're more apt to to follow or to take advice because they've seen someone else reap yeah. those rewards. So yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot. I mean, <laughs> it is a lot, but deep, deep conversations for another time on yeah. a lighter note, I've been drinking a lot of tea. Okay. Do you drink tea? <laughs> um, I do in sometimes I have a lot of tea. Cause in theory, I'm like, Oh, I want to try this tea. I get this Yogi tea. Like, Oh, I want to try oh, this I love Yogi tea. bedtime tea or detox tea or positive energy tea. And then I'm always like <laughs> yeah. coffee, coffee. So, I mean, my cup has coffee in it right now, but I do try to implement tea more into my life and also uh, dandelion root. Yes. Yes. I have a big bag of it and I still have it every once in a while or even like making like a cacao type thing, like a, I don't know, like a latte. Yeah. I don't know, but I need to drink more of that, more, yeah. more tea in my life. I Coffee is the one thing, I don't drink it in excess, but it's something that I drink on a yeah. daily basis. But I um. I love coffee, but I, um, I found that, you know, I was kind of getting dehydrated mm -hmm. from having too much. I would really notice it by the end of the day. 
Um, I don't know how I fell upon it, but I tell everybody about this. I love it. It's actually considered a tea, but it's roots. So I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's called Tea Chino. Then it's T E E C H I N O. Mm-mm. You can get it in little tea pouches or in grounds, and mm-hmm. you can run it through your coffee maker. And so it's supposed to be really reminiscent of the flavor of coffee, but um, the pH is is low for your stomach. It's not acidic like coffee can be. Um, it has um, like inulin and chicory okay. root, sometimes dandelion in there. Um, so it's good for digestion, but I'll do 50-50. So I'll do like 50-50 coffee and the oh, ticino. Okay to kind of like lower how much I'm having. And it tastes really good on its own too. So like if I want another cup later in the day, I'll just have the Ticino. Mm-hmm. It'll kind of take the edge off, but it helps people who are trying to get off of coffee or whatever the case is. And I, I just think it tastes super good. But then I have a lot of tea. I started really drinking tea because I get so cold in the winter. Yeah. Um, I actually got my husband drinking tea because I'm like, you, you should have some more of that. Like with your, you know, so we do like lemon ginger, but there was a really good one. It's like a maple, I think it's Bigelow, maple, Vermont, okay. Vermont maple, ginger, tea. I mean, That's anything, what it is. Anything with ginger for me, I'm like sold. Like sometimes only when I'm, interesting, but only when I'm feeling, a, getting a little sick or just feeling like a little sniffle, I'll like boil like ginger and lemon and yeah. I'll make like a huge like mason jar of it. And then what I'll do is sometimes just drink it on its own or I'll like add that to like another tea. But like- yep. It's only when I'm I'm feeling it, and I still honestly I, from our from when we were in school, I made a bunch of fire ciders like from that. Yeah, one. I love those. I, I yeah, had them, and 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 I tried it a little bit um, earlier in this year, and it, they were they were amazing. But I only my my the point is I I sometimes only use those things when I'm like on the brink of feeling something, as yeah. opposed to just enjoying tea or or using it as like a supplement or using it to to help my body with whatever it may need. I need to implement more of it. I don't. I don't hold myself accountable enough on that. I definitely go. I, go to the, I, go <laughs> I figured to the, you would too, being all, you know, know. into yoga and stuff. I, I thought it'd be you, totally part of your vibe. You're not the only person. I mean, I do have the tea, but yes, you're not the only person that's like, <laughs> oh, you like yoga, meditation. Yeah. You know, all this like mindful stuff. Tea, right? I'm like, no, effing coffee. No. Let's go. <laughs> coffee. <laughs> but yeah, because coffee. I can see that too. Coffee's, you know, yeah. yeah but that's, that's your edge, your edgy edgy and like I'm I'm full of energy so like coffee kind of helps with that but like circling back to the beginning when we talked about my yin yoga I probably need more of the the tea because I am so full of energy sometimes that I just need to like relax and I need to like settle in as opposed to bouncing from one thing to the next like I'm always busy even though I don't technically have like a nine to five job like you you know I mean I'm busy like all the time yeah life is life I mean you can fill your time yeah, exactly. That's easy. So, so, speaking of, so speaking of that, I mean, we, I feel like we could, like you said, like conversations for another time. But before we go, I have one last question that I ask all of my guests. Okay. And you can, I, I, I try to like sneak this in there so like it's very authentic, but and you can answer <laughs> it the way, however you want to. But the, the okay. question is, what are you grateful for today? It could be yesterday. It could be last week. Just something that you feel that, you know, is something that you're extremely grateful for. It could be anything. This, I love that. Obviously, this is so you. <laughs> if you asked me that question a few years ago, I, I wouldn't have had the same answer. So I think it's a great question. Um, and this is this is part of the, the journey that I've taken because 
we, we did not talk in terms of gratefulness. Mm. It was thankfulness. Mm. What are you thankful for? Or, you know, on a holiday, you know, you know, let's, let's say our prayers and be thankful, but it wasn't really digested. Mm -hmm. And then I came across the whole idea of gratefulness and gratitude and, um, with all that mindset work. So I practice it with my kids and I'll say, you know, what positive things happened in your day? This is, this is you feeling grateful. And I will start by just when they're in bed, the lights are off and I'll say, I'm grateful for you today. I'm so grateful that we got to sit down and have a meal together of, um, whole food, nourishing food and, um, you know, I'm grateful that that you were happy today. What are you grateful for? And I'll kind of lead and and let them do it. So I am practicing this, but I have been so grateful just for our health. I mean, truly, um, the whole purpose of of my journey is health. And being so sick, I am thankful for my discovery of that I can live better because. I didn't even tell you on my journey how I discovered as a child, like is I was, I was sick. So mm -hmm. getting to college was the antithesis of it mm -hmm. all. Okay. There was underlying issues um, that I just thought were normal, but caused me great anxiety. And I think it was the things I was eating. I think it was like, you know, some undiagnosed things. And I just thought that was normal. And I lived in that normal um, until the antithesis of everything and, and, and the journey that I told you about. So I have felt my best uh, in my life for my digestion and, and stuff now. And that's what I'm so grateful for is that, mm -hmm. that, that all that happening and then me now being here on mm -hmm. this side of it and that I can share it with my family. And we've all been really healthy, you know, with COVID and everything going on. Um, some of us in the family had COVID, you know, other family members and things, but we were all okay. Mm -hmm. So underlying health, mm -hmm. being healthy. Um, I like that just one. being able to be. Yeah. I like that one. Um, yeah. so I was listening. I try to always actively listen and not listen to, to respond. Um, because you know, sometimes you can get into that mode where like, I'm like, I ask you a question and I'm like, I don't care what she says or what they say. I'm just, <laughs> I'm asking some people ask questions just so they can answer it themselves after someone. Yeah. Else. But for me, Honestly, this has happened in the past like week or so. You know, I realized the conditioning of of certain things in my life, um, whether it's situations, whether it's uh, personalities, whether it's certain words that, when spoken to me or when said to me, were very triggering. As far as um, you know, stuff that's happened to me in the past, my experiences, and I've realized that it's not so much sometimes the person, the personality, or the word but it's the, the experiences that I have that are attached to it. So being like recognizing that one is very, I'm, I'm grateful for, but then also being able to work through that and, and, and not, I guess not like beat myself up over, over having these emotions, being triggered by it, because it's just something that happened in the past that I didn't even know would affect me now, but because it hasn't come up. And when it did, it, it, it made me feel all these feelings. And I felt, I felt like bad. I felt like weak. I felt vulnerable, but being able to pinpoint those and work through those. And even though I'm not fully worked through them, it's just being able to, to, to acknowledge them and, and, and put them in a place where they can be navigated and, and, and work through is something that 
I'm grateful for because when I was, you know, using or when I was younger, I would push these things down and I wouldn't deal with them. And I would just, you know, I would chalk it up to something else. But being super mindful and aware of these now, I'm able to look at them and say, okay, this, this, this is a thing. Like this is, you know, regardless if it's not in the past, regardless if it's not quote unquote real, it's something real that I'm feeling right now. But why am I feeling like that? And to right. be able to dig deep and and understand why I'm feeling like that and to get to the root of the problem and eventually rip it out from the roots and remove it from my life is something I'm extremely grateful for because b- before in my life, I would uh, I would just mask it. I would shove it to the side. I would stuff it away and I would just, you know, not address it. So to be able to do that now, especially in the past week or so, like week and week or two, like a lot of some things have come up. I'm grateful that I'm able to handle it differently. So I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. That is such, such growth. Um, it's, it's so, it's so intentional and intuitive yeah. mm-hmm. to go there yeah. um, and to stop hiding from it, you know, yeah. and, um, to not, and to not feel judged if you bring it up to somebody, you know? Yeah. And just to be like, this is what I'm going through. Like, let's deal with it. Let's talk about it, you know, and, and then move, move forward from it and grow from it as opposed to being scared. Like, what's this person going to think? Like, what am I going to think if I say this out loud? They, you know, it's all these like tiptoeing and judgmental feelings that you think you're going to have, you know? Right. And, you know, to that end, I think as we get older, we kind of grow into ourselves. Mm -hmm. We start to, if we're, we're going through the intuitive process, we really, with those boundaries, with all these healthy decisions, we start to also think about the people around us, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you were to be your authentic self and, and, and truly share those emotions with somebody and they were to have a negative reaction or mm-hmm. um, not just be able to say, okay, I don't really understand it, but you know, I'm cool with it yeah. with you or, you know, I can't, I can't help you any, but I'm glad you shared it. If they can't just come to a place of, of respect for the fact that you can um, go there, mm-hmm. maybe need to think twice about it. So yeah. it, it goes into this whole thing. Like, this is me. This is, this is, the negative parts, like the, the trauma of me, which helps me to grow more into mm-hmm. that butterfly, you know, and you've got to take me as me. Yeah, if you're, exactly. if it's really worth it for you to be a part of my life, you know, if we can't serve each other in, in a giving and a taking relationship, mm-hmm. uh, maybe we need, I need to think twice about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, another time, but yeah, I think that's time, so yeah. important. And yeah. there's, I want to, I got to look more into this. I had heard this, um, sort of technique, I guess, through a podcast. And I was like, oh, I really got to go check this out. And, and it'd be interesting to you too. It's when you're doing this work and whether you journal, I don't know if you journal or you kind of just speak it out loud, how you you kind of go through this stuff mm-hmm. with yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, some people pace and talk and when they really get into it to figure it out, you're kind of your own therapist. But uh, there's a technique where you really look at how you're saying something. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody asked you a question and how you answered it, like, like how you just spoke now, Mm -hmm. um, or if you wrote it, you have to go back and look at the words you used. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can actually find your own answer right in the words. Yeah, really? So it's, um, like, say I was describing something even, or I asked you Mm -hmm. a question and I said, you know, I really find that I'm struggling to make time to play with my children and I am not, um, you know, I, I don't have enough time to get all my other tasks done and I'm just not being the mother I want to be. Mm-hmm. 
you kind of try to, you know, dive into that, go, okay, well, what, what about that? You know, but if you just stop and listen to what I said, I said what my problem was, mm-hmm. right? I said that I'm struggling. I use the word struggle. So you got to go back and find mm-hmm. what is it you're struggling with and why, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, to play with my kids. So what's the root of it? Do you not like it? Do you not find their company, you know, good company? Yeah. Do you not know how to do it? Are you too stressed by other things in your life? Um, and then, you know, you kind of say, well, I'm not being the mother I want to be. Well, that's your goal. You know, what mother do you want to be? Yeah. First of all, and work backwards. So it's all right there. Yeah. It's like, you just have to really <laughs> have, have um, you know, some guidance. Yeah. But you really are, are pushing out what your problem is. You just have to go dissect it. And that's where having, you know, someone like us, you know, if you need a therapist, if it's really deep diving, get the therapist, you know, spend the money on that. Don't go buy new clothes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go, go spend the money where you need it. Get your yeah. help yeah. and and you can move forward. But to kind of end things, you know, our value for, for our job is not the fact that the information we have, you can find on the internet because anybody can find it. But our whole purpose is to be a partner, you know, in, in guiding to, mm-hmm. to give our clients tidbits that will help push them where they won't push themselves. Yeah. That's what you're paying for yeah. is, is that guidance right alongside you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Um, because you can Google the hell out of anything, but it's yeah. not going to help you take action. No, it's not. So, it's going to, yeah. it's going to, it's going to, it's going to, feel like you are because you're doing something like look seeking it out but seeking it out is one thing you know implementing it and introducing it into your life is another thing and holding yourself accountable is a whole other thing so yep yeah I tell I tell clients I say listen this is this is a tough tough position to be in but the worst part is the start Mm -hmm. you are a train you're a locomotive and you just got to get moving on that Mm -hmm. track and the hardest part of getting that train moving is the first little bit. Mm-hmm. Once you get going, you just chug right along. So get a partner, get get services from someone who wants to invest in your well-being yeah. and get the train moving. So yeah, and so I guess like to to end things of to end it all, like and that was kind of a perfect segue. If anybody wants to get a hold of you, how would they find you as far as like social media? I mean, you could plug yourself. Gosh, I know I've kind of dropped off the map with, with COVID and then, you know, kind of redesigning my business plan, but um, email would be perfect. Shoot me an email and we can talk. What's your email? Yay. Um, (laughs) You could do Steph, S T E P H dot Morgan, M O R G A N five, two, nine at gmail.com or my Instagram really. You okay. can find me at cultivated underscore nutrition. And I'll put that also in the bio too. So if people can't, you know, they're not quick enough to write it down, they'll just be able to copy and paste. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, this is awesome. I'm I'm so glad we did this. This was so fun. You yeah. um you made my Sunday. Oh well, <laughs> I appreciate it. You made mine as well. Now I have to, you know, do 20 other things today, but I'm glad that we got to spend this time because it really I don't know. It was a positive space, a positive, you know, interaction. I, I love these things where people with the same mindset can come together and spread positivity and spread a message of hope and, and a message of, of just being able to, I don't know, live your life if you, to the fullest, if you want to. So 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This was this was such a blessing on my on my weekend. So I really enjoyed talking to you and getting to know more about you and um, just kind of diving into a few yeah. of these things. It was so great. So yeah, and then eventually you have to get friends. me on your podcast when you when you start yours. Wink, 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 wink. <laughs> I know. Keep pushing me out of that no, comfort zone, Kyle. I will. I will for sure. Have a have a great day, Stephanie. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> I want to thank each and every one of you for dedicating time, space, and energy today to listen to this podcast. You don't know how much it means to me to know that you are taking that time out to listen. It truly warms my heart and my soul. But at the same time, I want you to thank yourself for allowing yourself to dedicate that time, space, and energy because you have so much going on in your life, so many things to do. So to carve out that time is something that you should be truly proud of. So give yourself that recognition. And I want to extend another huge thank you to Stephanie Morgan for taking the time out to talk about all things nutrition today. And if anybody wants to reach out to Stephanie, talk more in depth about what she spoke about today, or just get some more information, you can find her on Instagram at cultivated underscore nutrition or on Facebook, Stephanie Morgan. That's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E, Morgan. And all this information will also be in the bio. As always, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so that you could be notified when a new episode comes out. And if you want to reach out to me in any shape or form, I always welcome it. You can email me at kylethegrateful at gmail.com. On Instagram, you could DM me at kylethegrateful. Or if you just want to check out some recipes or some blog posts, you can go to my website, www.kylethegrateful.com. Have an amazing day, everybody. Have an amazing night. And always remember to be grateful, no matter what. I'll talk to you soon.